final hour of the Bill Michaels Show on this uh, Tuesday edition. We're glad you're with us. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over at Forgotten Fire Winery. Forgotten Fire Winery uh, up in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. Great people. And as a matter of fact, I brought uh, my second bottle of Moscato with me. So uh, tonight we're going down to Crazy Horse tonight to, to see the monument down there. And then after that, coming back here, it's going to be a hot one. So uh, put out the awning tonight, turn the fan on a little bit, and sit outside, maybe a cigar and uh, and bottle of Moscato tonight. I know it's not the typical biker fare, but uh, that's okay because, again, uh, their motto is fun in a bottle. So it doesn't matter how you like it, how you enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. And don't forget, if you're in Pest, you go at the winery, ask for the Bill Michaels deal. They do have one. I'm not kidding. I don't say it just to say it. They do have one, and you do get a discount, so stop in. It's worth it. Just to mention our name, even if you feel weird saying it, do it. Everybody wants to save a little bit, right? Get a great deal. Do it. Um, so uh, Jordan Love, uh, the uh, starting quarterback for your Green Bay Packers, at least in the preseason, had a chance to sit down and uh, chat with the media just a bit. Uh, and uh, let's take a listen and uh, kind of dip into what Jordan Love had to say. Coach made it known what everybody knew already that you were going to start on, on Friday mm-hmm. night. Uh, you're pretty looking forward to in, in that first alley. Yeah, just showcasing you know everything we've been putting together so far during camp. Just going out there and uh, you know being able to make plays and uh, going and getting a dub. So. Feel like you got something to prove when you get out there. Yeah, always, you know, I always think I have something to prove. Uh, like I said, that's the NFL. I think everybody has something to prove when they get out here. Just to you know have a reason of why you're here and you know why you should stay here so uh yeah i definitely have something to prove and um, that's my goal is to show that during preseason how are you treating this week like what, what goes into a week like this for game one of the preseason uh yeah i mean i'm treating it like a game week um it's a little different during camp we still have a camp schedule um not as much of uh like a game plan week as a normal uh in season game, but uh, yeah, I think we'll start game planning Thursday uh, and go, or not Thursday, but Wednesday, and uh, go from there. How wild is it that Danny's going to go on last, you know, last time he played a preseason game, tight end, and now he's, you know, you're back a quarterback on Friday. Just the opportunity for Danny as well and his progress as camp. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. It's a good opportunity, like I said, for everybody. Um, yeah, Danny, I mean, he's been making a lot of progress since he's been here, for sure. Um, and it'll be a great opportunity for him to showcase his ability. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like I said, a great opportunity for him. You know, he played some other positions the last place he's been. So just to be able to showcase what he has at quarterback will be good. Do you have goals or, like, I guess, do you have certain things you want to work on during the preseason before you, you know, you think about it and going into this, you know, few-game stretch that you have? Or um, is it just an overall trying to get a better flow of the game? Um... Yeah, I mean, I think I have things that I want to improve on, you know, um, just from a quarterback perspective, things I've talked about, you know, that base, um, just having that rhythm. And I think when you get into a game, you kind of just want to be able to keep that same rhythm you have. You know, it's a little bit different in practice. Um, you know, it might be a little slower, and then it's, it picks up a little bit in the game. Um, so, you know, just trying to take what I've been doing in practice and just take it to the the game um, is what I'm going to try and do. In the past, how does, like, Aaron, I guess, does he talk to you on the sidelines, you know, whenever you come out of the game, or do you guys wait until you get back and watch film? To, no, to y- yeah, during the preseason game, Aaron's right there on the sideline, you know, talking to us the whole time, um, pretty much like a coach right there during preseason. Um, you know, just eyes and ears on the sideline, anything he sees, you know, he'll, he'll let us know. So it's good to have him there. You've played in preseason games before. What are you telling the rookies who this is their first game, they're getting ready, and they're getting all excited? 
Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to tell them, you know, just try and go ball out. It's, take this opportunity and just treat it like, you know, how you did in college. That's kind of how I looked at it. Um, you know, it's just it's another opportunity for them to go showcase their ability. Um, obviously, it's their first NFL game. So, you know, the nerves will be there. The excitement will be there. But, uh, yeah, I'd say just go enjoy it and have fun. Then the nerves wear off. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think uh, the first year, you know, it's just the excitement of being in the NFL, getting that first, you know, game, your family's there and all that. And then, you know, after, you know, you get a couple snaps and get a couple games in, I guess kind of wears off. But, I mean, it's still, you still get excited for every game, uh, things like that. So. There's a fine line between letting it rip, checking down, throwing the ball away. Where do you feel you are, and, and as far as that goes? Yeah, I think I'm still progressing and getting better. Um, there's obviously still times where I'm, you know, trying to let it rip, trying to make, you know, throws around people when, you know, you might want to just find a check down in that situation. Um, and the situations, you know, throwing it away. Um, I think in practice we try and just continue to play the play as much to work scramble drill and work different things. So you know, that'll that'll come out more in the game, I think. You know. Um, but yeah, during practice, you try and you try and let it rip, try and make those plays. But uh, it's something that I just need to keep working on, progressing. Jordan, going back to playing in preseason, mm-hmm. did you feel like you? I know we spent a lot of time comparing this year versus past years, but did you feel like you got off to a pretty good start in that preseason game last year before the shoulder? Like, did you feel like you kind of met the challenge of, of having your first game action? Or? Oh, I mean. Yeah, I think last year just getting those first game reps was huge for me. Um, you know, I made a couple of good throws in that game, and then obviously I did have the shoulder injury. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm, we only had one touchdown when I was playing last year, so that's something that I want to improve on. You know, be able to score the ball um, and just let everybody go out there and showcase what they got. Thank you. There you go. Jordan Love, uh, the backup quarterback to the Green Bay Packers in some of the Q&A. Jordan Love is still, you know, very raw. Um, and I'm, I'm watching some of the comments come in, uh, Twitter, a couple of emails while we're sitting here. Um, you know, it's not Aaron Rodgers. I understand that. But I, I really don't care. Um, there, there's, you know, it's kind of like when Rodgers used to get compared to Brett Favre. You know, they're not, they're not the same people. And let's be honest, I mean, you know, Jordan Love, the only time Jordan Love gets a lot of cameras in his face is either one, if he plays, or two, in the preseason, because we understand what the hype of the preseason is all about in his particular case. So, you know, for for as much as I've said about Jordan Love, I'm, I, I don't care what he sounds like or what he does as long as he plays well. That doesn't matter to me. So I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't, I don't really critique that unless you say something completely derogatory or crazy or whatever, and you're off the beaten path. And even then, depending on your play, it is what it is, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's nuts to go in a different direction just because you don't like the way the guy speaks. You know what I mean? So, uh, I just hope Jordan Love plays well. I, I think what you're hoping for as a Packers fan and, and correct me if I'm wrong. But what you're hoping for as a Packers fan is that Jordan Love goes out on Friday night, takes on the San Francisco 49ers, plays extremely well to the point that there are people that then say, you know, maybe it's time. 
maybe it's time to give Jordan Love the range, that type of thing, that he plays that well that it puts a a a, a note to say maybe it looks like he's ready to go because there's a lot invested in him. You You – on one hand, you appreciate if the pick isn't there and if it doesn't turn out, you appreciate the fact for the recognition and to say we're moving on, okay? On the other hand, what you're hoping for, I think, and if you are a Packers fan, you should be hoping for, is that he does pan out. He is exactly what the Packers thought he would be, what Brian Gutekinds thought he would be, that he was this raw talent that needed to be cultivated needed to spend some time behind Aaron Rodgers, and becomes an incredible passer. That's what you're hoping for. Because otherwise, you are then still on the hunt for the successor of Aaron Rodgers. So as hard as I've been on what I believe to be the talent level of Jordan Love, I still hope that he is the talent that the Packers wanted him to be. Otherwise, you don't have that next successor. You know, so as a fan, I hope he does pan out. As a, as a fan, I hope it does work. Uh, so there you have it. 877 867 1670. You want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, we're going to come back in just a little bit. We're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers, who also spoke with the media today. One other thing I wanted to get into, though the uh, Top 25 USA Today College Coaches Poll has been released. No surprise. Alabama, number one, Ohio State, number two, defending national champion, number three, Georgia. Uh, The uh, full AP top 25 going to be released coming up uh, in six days, as a matter of fact. Uh, The Crimson Tide getting 54 first-place votes from a panel of 66 major college football coaches. Alabama coming off with a loss in the college football playoffs uh, to Georgia. The Buckeyes got five first-place votes. Georgia got six. Uh, number 18, Texas, also received a first-place vote. Is is this the year that Texas breaks back through again and, and becomes that, that prevalent team that deserves all the attention? Texas has gotten a lot of pu- press over the years because they're Texas. But at times, it's been unwarranted. Clemson, by the way, number four, Notre Dame, number five, Michigan coming off of their college, first college football playoff appearance, sixth, followed by Texas A&M, Utah, Oklahoma, and then ultimately Baylor. So that's the way it all rounded out in the top ten. But, Ben, you know, when we sit here and start talking college football, and I, not that we're going to get that deep into the weeds on it, but I kind of thought Alabama, Ohio State, those are the two that everybody always talks about, uh, were you surprised Georgia? Uh, I, but Georgia lost a lot. Uh, just to the Green Bay Packers, they lost a lot. But Georgia lost a lot coming off of that college football playoff championship. Uh, but to see Texas in there, were you surprised at that? Well, I just want to say the official statement from the offices of Ben Kenny when it comes to the coaches poll is that uh, I do not accept this as a legitimate ranking system. I think it's stupid. Uh, I wonder which coach in the country voted Texas number one team. I don't think it's very hard to get to the bottom of that. But right. if I were to look at this realistically and not just bash the hell out of it, there is a gargantuan gap between the top three teams in the country, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, and everybody else. Like that gap between three and four might be as big as the gap between four and 25. It's just one of those years. So I, not that I took that away from this. That was already what I thought. We'll see when the other rankings come out. My... 
my main thought when I see this stuff is it's dumb and it's stupid and they should stop it. So let's let's and I first of all I 100% agree. Secondly, I hate rankings in college sports until you're into your conference schedule because most of it's crap to begin with. And then say a team, remember years ago, it was, uh, was it uh, UCF, was it Central Florida or South Florida? Um, and they, because they started out outside of the top 25, they couldn't even get a sniff. Not to say that they deserve to be there, but they, all they did was win. They, you know, and they couldn't even get a sniff of a college football playoff. We saw what Cincinnati did. They went, even though they got beat, we saw them get beat, but they still somewhat held their own. You wonder if a team like Central Florida or UCF, I think it was UCF if I'm not mistaken, yep. if they even deserve to be there. But what you do is you put them basically so far down with a, with a preseason poll that they have no way to climb into the top ten, the top five, the top four to even get there. Just let it play out, and then once they get into conference turn or conference play, then start ranking them against teams within their own conference. So that being said, and being the hypocrite that I am, so if you look at Ohio State being the number one team in the Big Ten, give me the top f- four behind them. Is Michigan number number two in the Big Ten? Yeah. Michigan is definitely number two. They won't be as good as last year, but they will be quite good. After them, I would probably say Penn State is the best next team, though they're going to have to play a gauntlet of a schedule because they also get Auburn from the SEC and out of conference. And then behind that, it's weird. I think Wisconsin, Michigan State, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska, and Purdue – are all pretty much right there. I, I, sitting here today, I cannot differentiate all of those teams. I, I would pick Wisconsin right. to win the West. I think they're in the top four probably, but I could see five teams winning the West. If I had to take Wisconsin versus the field sitting here today in the West, I'd probably take the field. I just think once you get past the top two, they're all jumbled up in whatever uh, order you want. Yeah. There's a lot of question marks on all of those in all of those programs, in other words, in what you're saying. I mean, and we all know, I mean, the number one question is, will Graham Mertz emerge as to what we thought he is or thought he would be? Or do we see Graham Mertz just a, a tad better than what we saw last year, which really doesn't attribute to, you know, putting yourself consistently into the top ten, we'll say. Is that a fair statement? Oh, definitely. And there are also other things that hinges on what does the O-line look like. And this is only in Wisconsin's building, especially the West. Every other team has similar things where Iowa has a great roster, but their quarterback shouldn't even be starting in college. And they're going to go forward with him, see if they could score. Purdue, good quarterback play, solid offense, but they can't run the ball. And you don't know what the defense is going to look like. Nebraska is a total wild card. It's, I mean, it's captivating for me because I'm a weirdo and I love this stuff, but I, I can't remember another season with as many teams being good but no like definite top-of-the-conference level, especially in the West. See, my big thing, and I know people are, you know, there's a couple people that say, well, what about Nebraska? My issue with Nebraska is I love this. Nebraska. Uh, what's that? I just love the Nebraska. I, I love the Nebraska program generally the the you know i I don't know what casey thompson's going to bring to the table let's start there um so and and then beyond that the fact that we have seen scott frost he, he has had so much praise heaped upon him 
and this is always going to be their year. And Nebraska hasn't done jack. They've been getting their ass whipped in the Big Ten since they came in with all their chest-pounding bravado. They've been consistently an underachiever. So I don't want to hear about Nebraska, and this is their year until they have a year. Once they have a year, then I can say, okay, let's talk legitimately now about Nebraska. But beyond that, they have not been able to do it consistently since the day they walked through the Big Ten door. And I don't want to hear about what a great program, what a strong program, who came from there. It doesn't matter. Because every year, Nebraska's, this is it, this, here we go, and then they just fall flat on their face. So I, that's the reason Nebraska, I, they're a yawn to me. Until they make the splash and they do it consistently, they're a yawn to me. They're living off the years gone by of a national title, and kudos to them, they've got one. They can put that forever in their hip pocket and say, look what we've got, and there's a lot of programs that can't ever say that, and I completely agree with that. But in the, recent, in the recent history, this whole thing about coming into the Big Ten and beating up on the Big Ten teams and owning it, kiss my rear end. You haven't done anything. You've been consistently bad and underachieving and underwhelming, for that matter. Uh, let's do this. When we come back, Aaron Rodgers just spoke with the media. We want to listen to what he had to say on a day in which the veteran got the day off at camp. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, Bill Michael Show. And on a hot one, it is hot. Now sitting at 91 degrees here in Sturgis, South Dakota, with a little bit of a breeze coming up over the uh, prairie. But, man, big time, big time. Ben, I got to stop for just a second. We're going to listen to Aaron Rodgers coming up here momentarily. You feel that uh, Nebraska is on the verge of being in the bowl this year? I do. Uh, If you have heard any of my other stuff outside of this show, I was a big fan of them last year. They went 3-9. and Their point differential was positive. Uh, they lost games in inexplicable ways, just handing them away to the other team, uh, like gross ineptitude on special teams or defense or their quarterback or whatever. Their schedule isn't that bad this season. They brought in, as you mentioned, Casey Thompson uh, and a bunch of transfers on defense. Like They could easily be 5-1, and 6-1, and one, entering a tough final four-game stretch, and then they could lose those four even and make a bowl. So I will say it's their year to make a bowl game, which isn't saying a lot. They'll go 6-6, six 7-5. Okay. Six, okay. Well, as we creep up on the beginning of, uh, of the college football season, we will start to take a look around the Big Ten, and we will get predictions for each team. So, But uh, you're already giving us a preview of what you might believe to be Nebraska's at least creeping up year, we'll say. I mean, so what, what else would I have been thinking about since last season ended, you know? That this is true. You're, yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of picture you if you were a cartoon character with this Big Ten thought bubble that constantly follows you everywhere of, of just numbers and signs and ampersands and such, just, uh, you know, giving you all the different uh, statistical information regarding the Big Ten and Big Ten football. So, oh, it's Gus Johnson's football. voice. It's like I'm, I'm in Starbucks and I'm getting a coffee. It's like, run I'm, the ball. I'm surprised you don't have him like, um, you know, as your, as your you know, alarm on your phone 
because then I would never you know, sleep. You take, you, you download his voice and you make it uh, the alarm on your phone. Get up, you know, something like that. I haven't even I played the that. SEC music yet today. The SEC on CBS theme that will now be the Big Ten. Yeah, I haven't played that yet today. I might right. do that coming up. Okay. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that, dropping it in at any point in time. In the meantime, Aaron Rodgers met with uh, met with the media. Take a listen to what Aaron Rodgers had to say today. Go. Aaron, I'm waiting to ask you this. What was with the feather in the cap? How did that happen? I just found it on the ground and didn't think it was going to stick around the entire practice, but yeah, I just found it on the ground, put it in my helmet. It was not a lucky feather. No. Unless somebody, you know, unless some... Animal drops a different type of feather on the field, yeah. Thank you for providing You're welcome. What yeah. do you get out of the pet rest today at this point, and what kind of goes into that decision for you? I told Matt, I said, I'm never going to ask for a vet, de- a vet day, but I think I am the oldest player on the team, and if he was, you know, thinking about it, uh, this week being the, probably the most difficult week with uh, Sunday indoors and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday pads, basically, that I wouldn't mind it. Uh, that being said, the work that goes on in the Hudson Center when they're outside is probably more strenuous than the practice, so not exactly a vet day when it comes to the cardio. How important is it for Jordan to get these first team reps, especially in Well, I think a lot, of, a lot of good has happened from, you know, me breaking my toe last year, gave him a lot of opportunities to take the one reps in practice. But as much as in this year, you've seen the fundamentals really start to kind of come together. Year three, two to three is always an interesting year from development for a quarterback. I know I took a big jump, one, two, and two to three. But Tom Clements, I think, deserves a lot of credit for harping on the fundamentals in the way that he always did for me as a young player. And it seems to be sticking in for Jordan. And you know he's been, he's been having some good practices, and anything, any chance he gets to take, you know, the majority of the reps like today is is always a good opportunity. How is for someone like you that obviously knows the position at a very high level? Can you tell that, that he's maybe made a jump? How much are you just waiting to see when he's not in that red jersey and, and it's actually live? How much do you need to see? That? Well, I mean, I, I've said it before. I I think the practice reps are as important as as the preseason reps. Preseason. You know, you want to be efficient, you want to look good, but there's almost an expectation of playing well because it's very limited defense usually. Now, we used to play Tennessee back in the day, and they played their starters. That was more of a game-like situation. and We usually got hammered our second and third teams playing against them, but um, it's, it's a lot more vanilla on defense. So I think the practice reps, a day like today, you know, it's a good film for them to watch going against our one defense. Obviously, it's been very difficult for us uh, throughout training camp, so... But it just comes down to consistency with the fundamentals. When he throws the ball on time and in rhythm, he's been very accurate this camp. Um, it's just finding ways to be more consistent, you know, every single time with those fundamentals. And, and it's been, you know, I feel like it's been kicking in for him. He's been playing well. Aaron, the big night for the twos on Friday night. It's the biggest week for the ones when you go live, periods with Saints for two days. Yeah, that... I mean, I think it's every day that we go against our ones. You know, I said it day one, no pads. We had a pretty good day. Since then, defense has been pretty good just about every other day. And it's important for us to take our lumps because there's a lot of positions that are up for grabs uh, up front. You know, at the tackle position with, with Dave and, and Elton, you know, nursing their injuries and coming back whenever they can. Tight end, there's a lot of opportunities. Running back behind A.J. and and. Aaron, there's a lot of opportunities. 
receiver a lot of opportunities. So this is this is great film and great practice going against that defense. Um, Saints will be interesting. You know, you never know what you're going to get. When we played the Texans a couple years ago, it was very basic stuff. Uh, they, I mean, I remember a period in the red zone, they were dropping eight like every single play. And we're like, what are we doing here? <laughs> are we actually getting some work in? But then last year against the Jets, you know, I feel like it was pretty pretty intense. Uh, they ran some different stuff. You know, that was maybe the familiarity with uh, Coach Sala and, and, and Coach LaFleur. But we'll see what happens. The Saints... You know, and Dennis, they've been very aggressive defense, so we'll see how they play in the, in the two days we're together. Hopefully, we don't have a lot of fights, but I would assume there's going to be a couple. What is the process like when you are building a relationship with a new receiver that you haven't spent a lot of time with? Process? Yeah. Well, you got to trust the coaching, first and foremost. So I need to have a lot of conversations with, with Jason and make sure we're on the same page so the thing that's being taught is the thing that I want to see on the field. Jason does a really good job at that, which is important. You got to trust the leaders in the room, uh, you know, specifically Randall and Allen, to pass the message along the right way. And then you got to hold them accountable. You want to get reps with us. You know, you want to see the right, the right stuff. That being said, you know, you're going to coach the second team and the third team just as, just as much, because you never know who's going to be in that spot. Allen Lazard was working on the yellow group for a while, and. You know, you're watching that film just like you're watching the green group and the first group. We need to see consistency from those guys. And there's a lot of different aspects to earning the trust of the quarterback, whether I'm playing or Jordan's playing in the preseason here. You want to see the guys doing the right stuff. And it's it's little things. It's it's the stem on the routes. It's, it's uh, the, what they're doing at the top of the route. It's a scramble drill. It's the adjustments. It's being alert for the signals. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it, and, and we're going to be hard on them and, and coach them hard. And if you're talking to a, if I'm talking to a guy, that, that's a good thing. If I'm getting on a guy, it's a good thing. If I'm not talking to you, uh, that's not the best. You, you want me to be, to be critiquing and coaching you up and and letting you give me some good feedback. And I've been trying to with as many guys as, as I feel like, uh, you know, have an opportunity to be a part of this squad. With all that said about all the opportunities on offense, how good things are on that side of the ball. Matt hasn't shut the door yet on preseason snaps potentially in Kansas City. Do yeah. you have any, do you see any need or any benefit that you I don't see any benefit to it. I definitely don't see any benefit to playing one series. Um, you know, if we're going to play, we should play. And play a quarter, a couple series, two or three series. If we're going to just suit up for four plays, to me, is a waste. So... And I'm not saying this to send a message to Matt. I've already told Matt the same thing. So we'll, we'll see what happens when we when we get there. Um, it'd be nice if that were the case, if Kansas City was playing some of the guys too. But, you know, when you have a, a stinker like we did last year in week one, there's always going to be the second guessing of what happened at training camp. Should we have played more? Should we have played in the first game, the second game? Whatever it might be. Um, I don't want to overreact to that. Matt doesn't either. But if we feel like we need to go out there and play a quarter or, or more, you know, that'll be Matt's call. I'm sure he'll lean on me and Big Dog and, and Alan and some of the older guys uh, to see what they're thinking. But if we play, we should play and not just play three plays, three runs, and punt it. That doesn't do anything for any of us. There you go, Aaron Rodgers talking to the media, which, by the way, I 100% agree with him. If you're going to play, play a quarter, play two or three series, 
you know, get more than just, you know, four snaps under your belt and then kind of go from there. Let's do this. We are broadcasting live. We're out here in Sturgis, South Dakota. We'll come back. Aaron Rodgers continuing to discuss, uh, you know, uh, his off day, so to speak, and what's upcoming this week uh, with the media at his locker. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show live out here in Sturgis, South Dakota, right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ben Kenny might not hear this very much longer. The Big Ten has their way. The CBS music for SEC football. I wonder what the Big Ten music is going to sound like if CBS, NBC, Fox all grab a piece of that pie. $1.25 billion in television rights. $1.25 billion is the estimated ceiling. Oh, we better get the song. That's upcoming. So, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's, you know. You you want that music? Oh, no doubt. Put on your Brad Nessler okay. voice for a second and instead of the SEC. Yeah, no. You are now watching or welcome to this presentation of the Big 10 on CBS. And the music uh, hits it. It's, it's the see, best it's moment like of my Masters life. It's not music. It's not like yeah, I don't know. It's not like uh Oh, it's better. NCAA tournament music. You know, that's that's that brings goosebumps. Oh, it's better you than know? all of them. Oh, my God, you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> that's my favorite. Like, I love the NFL to death, but that still is my favorite single moment of the week at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday when that plays. Okay. You are you are the college football geek. I, I will give you that. By all means, yes, you are. Uh, let's do this. Let's get back into it. Aaron Rodgers talking to the media at his locker just a little bit earlier today. Take a listen. That's. I mean, that's the question. You know, there's injuries in football all the time, so I think. It's kind of a no-win situation to the outside of the building. And if somebody gets hurt, oh, I can't believe they played our guys. But if we go out and have a stinker, I can't believe they didn't play them. So I think it's just you just got to do what's best for, for the squad. And Matt's going to do that. He's going to lean on, you know, the leaders of the football team. And if he feels like we need to go out and play, then we'll go out and play. But I don't want to just go out and play three plays. That, to me, is a waste of time. No, I don't think so. I think it's we need to have the 53 most deserving players on the team. There's been years we've kept five tight ends. There's been years we've kept seven receivers. Years we've kept four or five backs. It's got to be the 53 most deserving. Now there's obviously you know some stuff that goes into that, uh, where guys are drafted, different things like that, which we know in Green Bay plays into it, but. Uh, There'll be, there'll be some tough cuts, which is good. There'll be some tough cuts at a number of different positions. Receiver, with the way Rich is doing things, we need guys who are playing teams at that four, five, and six receiver spot. So whoever's balling out on teams should probably get those four, five, and six spots. They're not going to be playing with me a whole lot. So they got to ball out when they get opportunities. And 
and listen and pay attention and, and do things the right way. The, the drops are going to happen. The, you know, guy slips might happen. But what can happen if you want to be on the team is, is the mental part. The preparation, I think, is, and the effort, you know, those are things that come from within. So as long as you're showing effort and you're getting after it and you're doing the right thing, you got a good chance to make the team. But four, five, six, seven's got to be playing on teams and got to be playing well. He talks a lot about what they need to do. What have they done? Like four years ago, I don't know if I've ever seen you as pissed as you were at the receivers that day. You ran the cards, and you, can't, you said that their effort was piss poor, and Jake was the only one that really did stuff. Has, has this group been good about doing the things they need to do, or is there a lot of room for improvement? I mean, maybe you're, so, you know, with everything that's changed, maybe you're softer now. You wouldn't say that about this group like you did that one. But it seems like they've been better than that group was. That group had, a, had some lapses in effort from time to time. And I probably am a little gentler, as Kabi would say. But the effort hasn't really been an issue. The mental part, for sure, there's been some real strange mental errors from time to time. But they do it quickly. You know, they do it with speed. That day, as I remember, it was just a total lack of effort, which was bizarre to me because I love the Carter periods. And it's a chance to go out and dice them up with other people's plays and, and the ad lib and, the, you know, just go full speed and, and make some plays. These guys, they bust it. They, they for sure bust it. And they're all talented athletically. But mentally, there's been some lapses for sure. No, a lot of it's great. I was sitting down at lunch with with uh, Romeo yesterday, and you know there are a couple plays that that he would love to have back. And I said it's the best thing that could happen because I'd rather it happen, you know, on a Monday in August than on a game day in September. You know, he had a play where he was supposed to let Ja go and block probably 59 who was coming out on a blitz. He went to get Ja. It looked really bad. And I'm like, this is the best thing that can happen. Now, how do we correct that is the next time the situation comes up, we got to do the right thing. But mistakes are going to happen. And the most important thing is to learn from those mistakes, not make repeat mistakes. There's been too many of those, I think, from some of those guys who are on the, really on the bubble to make the squad of, you know, scramble drill alerts and making sure you know the signals and the adjustments and kind of like expecting those things. And, but that's a process. You know, first you got to be an expert of what you're doing and then be able to feel the timing of the adjustments or the cans or what I might be thinking or how to read a coverage. And that's why I said in the beginning we need to have a lot of patience and the expectations need to be reasonable. But I will say between 88 and 87, there's been a lot of positive things that uh, makes you feel good about the depth we could have in that room. During that, after that first day, you mentioned that the defense is going to kick your butt and all that. At what point do you want the offense to start turning the tables there? I don't know if we're going to. I mean, they're a talented bunch. I'd like to stalemate every day, and I think that's possible. It starts with up front. Yesterday, I felt like the energy up front was not... Was not, I mean, from the entire group, there was we were just a little bit gassed for whatever reason. Um, sometimes that happens after a hard indoor practice where you kind of come out and you know maybe a little more tired that day. Uh, who knows if 
you know, maybe guys didn't sleep well the night before, or whatever the, the issues were, we didn't have the energy that we usually do up front. Um, but when we're getting after it up front and running the ball, which we have on certain days, it allows us, you know, to, to get after them a little bit in the passing game. But we got three really talented corners. We got two backers who can really fly. So it's going to be tight windows in the passing game. We got a bunch of young guys playing. Um, but I feel like if we run the ball effectively, we have a few days where I feel like we've really gotten after him up front. Uh, that's good for us. But it's I want us to take our lumps. And if we're taking our lumps this training camp, it's going to be uh, probably a little easier once we get to the, the real thing. Jordan Love has been in the spot. It's like that the defense is uh, winning most days. You're okay with the progress? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important. How do we how we deal with adversity is is how we reveal the character of our football team, especially on offense. And you know, we're gonna we need to take our lumps and figure out what kind of football team we're gonna be. So I love it. I mean, it's great. I mean, it great, feels feels good. The defense having a confidence. There's been some training camps we beat the hell out of them, and doesn't do great for their confidence. You know, but but when they're when they're confident and, and Joe is opening up the playbook and and running a bunch of crazy stuff at us. It's great because we'd love to see, from an offense standpoint, be aggressive as you possibly can, you know, and, and we'll take care of our business, but you guys be aggressive and, and attack. And when it looks good against us, I think it's going to look good against other people too. So Jordan will be the you also There you go, Aaron Rodgers speaking with the media. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll come back, uh, pick it up, wrap it up. All coming up next, broadcasting live out here in Sturgis, South Dakota. We'll be back right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers will practice in pads getting ready for Friday night's road game against the San Francisco 49ers. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur asked if Jordan Love will start at quarterback instead of Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he will. Rookie receiver Romeo Dobbs says he's looking forward to his first NFL game. Does he feel in sync with Jordan Love? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really in sync with Jordan. Um, You know, it's the first preseason game. You know, I'm excited as well as all the other rookie receivers. It's Samori. It'll be an, it'll be exciting, man. I can't wait for it. The Packers' third string quarterback is Danny Etling, who played for the LSU Tigers, spent some time with the Patriots and Falcons. Does he know how much playing time he'll get Friday night against the 49ers? I'm not sure yet. I've been taking day by day, so focusing on the next practice and uh, getting ready for those opportunities in the game. But you know, for now, I'm focused on getting you know this film corrected and then having a good day tomorrow and then continuing to grow as camp goes. The Packers posted their first depth chart with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins still out. Their starting offensive tackles for now are Yash Nyman and second-year man Royce Newman. Matt LaFleur. We haven't even played a preseason game yet, so I think you could argue every position up front is open for battle. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Broadcasting out here in Sturgis, South Dakota. Pappy Hoyle, campground, the originator of the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. 
And uh, right next to Full Throttle Saloon, where, uh, as you are looking at uh, live right now, I feel like Brent Musburger, Ben, when I say that, you are looking live, his famous words. Yeah, it's ESPN, as, uh, though. Watch it. That's old news. Yeah, well, you are, that's true. But still, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm recreating that. As if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, you can see the bikes continue to pour in uh, off into the distance at the Full Throttle Saloon. Before we go, Mike Clemens was trying desperately to get a question into Aaron Rodgers during Aaron's presser and kept getting stepped on. Uh, this, is, this is Mike getting his question into Aaron Rodgers and talking with him just a bit. Friday night, Friday night, uh, Jordan will be in the spotlight. Has he gone through as much ridicule or criticism or doubt that you did from 05 to 08? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think there's always pressure on a first-round pick. Uh, the tracks are looking more similar by the day. You know, him being in his third year and me waiting behind Brett for three years, something clicks in at some point, and the game slows down, and you and you make the plays that you know you're capable of making, and I look forward to watching him on Friday and and uh, and against the Saints as well. But the most important thing for a quarterback is that confidence, and the confidence comes from the consistency and the fundamentals and making plays in practice and feeling good about the offense and, and all the things that are expected of you. But, you know, I think all of us come along at our own pace. I needed, you know, the years to get to where I was at. And whether the criticism was equal in 05 and 06 and 07 for me as it was for him, I don't know. You know, some of that uh, you kind of move past as you've had success. But... Um, but I'm excited for him uh, this preseason. I think he's had a really nice camp, made some good throws, more consistent with his fundamentals, and, and I, I hope he goes out and balls out. There you go. That was Mike Clements talking with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Aaron said he's, he's, he's traveling down a lot of the same path. I know Aaron's giving him a lot of credit. And Aaron's, I, I don't want to say posturing to build him up. I think he genuinely wants him to do well whether it's in Green Bay or somewhere else, depending on what the career path is for the remainder of Aaron Rodgers' time in Green Bay, or whether he just genuinely wants him to be able to kind of take the baton and run with it once Aaron decides to say that's enough, enough's enough. But uh, I just, there's a lot of eyes, and there's a lot of um, a lot of us waiting, arms folded, I think, for you know, Jordan Love to actually materialize and turn into the guy that everybody, at least in Green Bay, thinks that he either could be, should be, or Packers fans and want him to be. But that being said. So uh, another good day out here. 96 degrees right now with a feel-like temperature of 98 here in Sturgis, South Dakota. You have no idea looking at us on the Bud Light live stream how truly hot it is right now. But it is, it is, it's hot. That's okay, though. Got some riding to do this afternoon, heading down to Crazy Horse. Back at it again tomorrow, same place, same time. And uh, it was great. My thanks to Jesse James Dupree of the band Jackal coming up here and joining us for a little bit. Thanks to Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. Mike Clemens doing great work in Green Bay as well. Thanks to you uh, for taking a listen to us. Thanks to you on the Bud Light live stream for watching us. Until we talk again, time for us to go. Have a going. See ya. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. There we go.